You are now listening to the Philly Pod, a Philadelphia sports podcast. What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Philly Pod brought to you by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. I'm your host today, Victor Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at the Philly Pod and do the very same on Instagram. Be sure to follow the LibertyLine.com as well on Twitter at LibertyLinePHL. And you can follow them uh, on Instagram as well. Uh, I'm finally returned from my from my Jamaica trip. I remember on the last episode, I tried to make it aware uh, that that I'd be gone for for weeks so on back, uh, and can't wait to get back into the grind. We have one more week of preseason. Uh, we have to talk fringe roster spots, who needs to step it up uh, to solidify their spots, and a lot more. Uh, so be sure to uh, subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, iHeartRadio, wherever else you get your shows. Be sure to leave those reviews and rate five stars. Each and every review does bring the show to new to, to new eyes and ears, to new Eagles fans all around. Uh, appreciate you guys for doing that. You know I, I try to... Uh, uh, make that a point <laughs> to, to be sure to leave those reviews. So, so thank you guys. Uh, can't thank you guys enough for the support. So joining me on the show today, uh, you guys have heard him on the show before. You probably know of him very well to this point. <laughs> you could follow him on Twitter at Rob Maddie. That's M-A-A-D-D-I. Covers the Eagles. I want to say, is it exclusively for AP now? Like you, you I know the promotion came in. Uh, but now you do it yeah, exclusively so, for AP well, and the whole bit. So. Well, yeah, I cover the whole league now. So mm, the whole league. Not as yeah. Now I got to cover the whole league, so not as closely. Enough, not I'm not in Philly anymore, so I'm in Tam- I'm in the Tampa area. So I'm not down at I'm not down at Eagles practice every day, charting every single pass <laughs> that Jalen Hurts makes, and whether it's caught or not. So just doing a league on a whole, which is cool. It's fun, but there's a lot. It's 32 teams, a whole lot uh, more work than one team, and, and there's a lot going on in the NFL. There, it, the NFL doesn't stop, man. It doesn't stop. It's a 365-day-a-year job. It's a, it's a business. They There's constant news. There's constant stuff going on. So uh, it, keep, it keeps me busy 24-7. Yeah, as, as if you weren't busy enough. I think if there was one guy that's been busier than me these last few months, it's you with the move and sure. uh, all the promotions and faith on the field is keeping you busy. And you are yeah, talk about now. spending yourself it's, too thin, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's fun. It's fun. I'm just starting to try to put together, you know, we're in a new house. We're in a new place, new environment, new atmosphere, trying to put the house together. Every day there's something new, man. <laughs> Every single day we walked into Walked into a brand new house, new construction, and started remodeling it like idiots. We're just stupid people, my wife and I. We're just remodeling a brand new house. So here we go. We had like contractors over, electricians over. Yesterday was nuts because like one of them's going on and on and on. And Freddie Galvis is about to get his first at back with the Phillies. I'm like, dude, just hold up. Freddie's coming up. And he's like, huh? What are we talking about? I'm like, Freddie's. Freddie's about to bat. I got to go see Freddie at the plate. <laughs> Freddie's my guy. So uh, I just cut him right off. I'm like, I'll be back to you. He, he ended up being here another two hours. So it was all good. Yeah, I remember you posting the picture on Twitter right right with the at-bat happened. And I was like, he was able to to, to get it up there some type of way. <laughs> um, yeah. it's, it's people like you that always 
come like talk me out of home ownership because i always think about it like maybe this is the year i buy property this is i'm tired of renting i'm tired of paying all this money to move out one day and then i hear stories like this and then i have my my sister whose whole house is basically flooded for whatever reason like i can't i i I don't want that responsibility yet like i can't like i just want to call maintenance come fix the problem and that's it (laughs) The, the one thing i will talk you out of now owning a home is great um just don't be crazy like mm-hmm. if you buy a brand new house just go live in it move in and live don't don't do what we do don't do don't do yeah. that and don't buy in new jersey because property oh trust me crazy. 8k, me 8K a year in taxes. yeah no thanks yeah i don't i i do not miss they were like a whole mortgage payment in and of themselves just paying <laughs> those property taxes I don't oh know why. yeah that's a whole it's other thing good. too but yeah, yeah, but now you're over there in Florida, man, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure uh, it's 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 pleasant down there. All that aside, I know the girls j- just started a new school. How's that going? No, it's 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 different, man. Because for 18 months they were virtual, did virtual school. That's right. So That's right. They didn't go to school. They didn't go to school their entire second grade. Now they're in third grade. They're in a private school. They got to wear uniform. Mm. It's uh, we got to get up early. I'm not back in the flow of that, man. Not at all. Like I'm a sports writer. Uh, I got those hours, right? So I want. I'm up till midnight. I'm up till yeah. two a.m. I'm telling my I'm preaching wife, to the choirs. There's Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night football. Ain't no way I can get up at six thirty in the morning after I'm up till two. It's just not gonna happen. So uh, she's she's gonna step it up those days, and and and, and but you know I'll, I'll figure out a way. But they're having fun. They're they're having fun. The only thing is though, man, I discovered this about Florida in in August. It's like it's like hell, man. It rains a lot, mm-hmm. and the heat is atrocious. Brutal. Closer but, to the equator, man. The sun's different uh, down there. <laughs> I, you know, I, I hate I hate rain too. I hate man. Like I'm looking out the window right now, it, and the weird thing is, it's like it's perfectly beautiful, sunny, everything. Five minutes later, clouds rolling in, thunder, lightning, everything going off. So, but. Hey, we're alive, man. We're alive. We're yeah, happy. Yeah. When I was Let in Jamaica, do. when I was in Jamaica, it rained. I've never seen such a bipolar weather. Like it would storm. <laughs> like I don't mean yeah. just storm. Like torrential downpour for like two hours, and then like an what hour part later. Jamaica. Uh, ooh, where was I at? I want to say uh, it was White House, Westmoreland. What, was it like a long? ride from the airport yeah so i landed i landed from the airport and then it was an hour and a half ride to the resort and the so i landed okay. on montego bay uh and then it was okay. an hour and a half to the resort so after after yeah. my long i explained to you the whole story beforehand but after that whole fiasco uh it was another hour and a half <laughs> ride there and then we get yeah. there and you're like all right your room's not going to be ready for two more hours and i was like i'm so sick of waiting <laughs> like uh but the i would but it was great all-inclusive <laughs> So forget about the Eagles for a minute. I got to tell you a funny story (laughs) about Jamaica. So I I went to Jamaica a couple of years. Man, it might have been like 12 years ago before I met my wife. So uh, I I went there with an ex for a destination wedding. And we had a similar situation happen right there. You get there, room's not ready. Hey, you know what? We'll upgrade you to a beach view. I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, great. We'll be right on the beach, whatever. (laughs) They upgraded us to a nude beach view. So every morning for the seven days I'm there, I see the same old man up naked right out my window. I want to look out the window and all I see is this. Can I downgrade? This and that, that was it. I was like, I don't want this room anymore. So it's a destination wedding. And, and the day of the wedding, uh, they're like, hey, can you get there? There wasn't a photographer there. I don't know, for whatever reason. Like, can you get some pictures? Because I wasn't part of the bridal party or whatever. 
there's nude scuba divers in the background while the couple is saying I do. So every picture I'm taking, I'm trying to avoid somebody's like Random's body parts. But <laughs> jumping in nude scuba dive. I never heard of such a thing. So that was my Jamaica experience. Hope yours was better. Yeah, a little better than that. Didn't run into any any nude people, that's for sure. Yeah, it was great. All inclusive, like all the restaurants, alcohol galore as you can imagine. Um, so yeah, so for anybody listening, if you're thinking about all inclusive, I would, I would recommend it. It's, it's a, it's a nice time, a lot of money for, for a week, but it's, it's worth it. I usually gain like 10 pounds at a long time. Oh, I came back in, oh yeah, in shambles. And then it was, when I came back to Philly, it was rainy and gloomy and I was just like, ugh, <laughs> but man, but it was great. Uh, but uh, we're That's back to good, the grind man. now. Enjoy. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right, Happy back, to be here. Yeah, back to the grind now. So I guess we got to talk Eagles at, at some point, huh? We got to get to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to get to oh, that. Yeah. So be sure. We're getting close, man. We're getting close to the oh, start of the man. season. Getting close to see getting what this close. team really is, man. Getting there. Close to Atlanta. I'm looking forward to San Fran. I'll be back up for um on schedule for like six or seven home games so okay yeah so we'll, we'll get enough whole, of rob Motti, huh <laughs> that's a whole lot of eagles yeah that's a whole lot of eagles. oh man yeah so yeah rounding of uh getting close to the regular season so some things i want i want to brush up on so obviously we'll talk about the receivers first other than jalen hurts they're where the magnifying glass is mostly it looks like quez jalen rager and of course Devontae smith are going to be the trio that the primary focus is going to be on. And a guy like Travis Fulgham, who obviously all the hype was surrounding heading into the offseason after his electric four or five week you know span last week. Uh, a guy like Travis Fulgham is a guy we've all been kind of keeping an eye on. And I don't want to say he's having a bad camp, but he hasn't done anything to stand out per se. Now, I've seen writers have different opinions. Some people are saying he's just having a bad camp, all these drops. And some people are saying that he hasn't had a bad camp and he's a gamer and he'll step up in the game. So, Rob, I want your opinion on of Travis Fulgham in general from this camp. I know you've been keeping up with, with everything he's doing. And just the receivers in general, who are kind of the fringe guys that need to step up to solidify their roster spot? And who are the guys you think are, are obviously um, going to make a name for themselves this season? Wide receiver, to me, uh, it, Victor, is like one of the most interesting competitions right now as we head into the final preseason game and we approach – uh, the cut roster cut down because as you outlined, Devontae, Jalen Rieger, and Quez Watkins are, are the top three. And then you got to look at Jay Jaw, you, you, you look at Travis Fulgham, uh, Greg Ward, and John Hightower. Now you got seven guys there. How many? One, are they going to take five or are they going to take six? I think they'll take six guys, and, and that means somebody's going to be the odd man out. Um, I don't want to see them give up on Travis Fulgham because if I could see a one-month stretch last year like we all saw with an offensive line in shambles, a quarterback who was having one of the worst seasons you'll ever see by a quarterback, yet he was still that productive. For a four-week stretch, Travis Fulgham wasn't just a really good receiver. He was one of the best in the NFL over that four-week stretch. And then what happened? Uh, Alshon Jeffrey comes back in and they feel this obligation. I still haven't figured out exactly why Alshon Jeffrey was taking snaps away from Travis Fulgham, but it happened. Uh, and you know, we, we move past that at this point, but I want to see what they can, what he can do with a full training camp, full off season with Nick Sirianni, the new coaching staff and a whole year. So I'm not giving up on him 
Hightower, Watkins. Watkins has already stood out. He's shined. He's shown what he can do. Mm-hmm. Hightower's a draft pick last year. And, and, and then it comes down for me that Jay Jaw or Greg Ward, I think this is where Howie, and I would defend him if he said, you know what, I drafted this guy in the second round only three years ago. This is his third season here. Let's see what he can do with a full year under Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff. And you move, like, we all know Greg Ward is a, a guy I have tremendous respect for. Um, he, he's, a, he's got a nice relationship with Jalen. Mm-hmm. So I think there's something to be said there. But we know his ceiling. He is what he is. And the other guys all have potential to surpass Greg Ward. Doesn't mean they will, but I think he's got to be the odd man out at this point. Yeah, Greg Ward is certainly the uh, probably the highest, well, other than Devontae, probably the highest floor. <laughs> so, like, you know what you have in him. Uh, he's, if anything, he's been reliable over these years. He's not going to wow anybody, but he'll catch passes from Jalen. He had caught two touchdown passes from him, and and I believe it was the Arizona game last year. Uh, so he'll he'll certainly, I'm sure, he'll be around. Jaydal is a guy that I think has done just enough. To, to make this roster. If anything, and I can say this about him and not Travis Fulgham, is that he's at least caught everything in camp. Like, he's, I don't remember a drop from Jay Jaw at least. And Fulgham started running with the first team, and now he's with the second team. So, like we said, maybe Fulgham's just a, a guy who steps up in games. Like you mentioned, he was one of the leading receivers in between weeks four and eight, I believe. And to see this kind of, I don't want to say decline, but to see this underperformance, rather, in camp, um, it is a bit jarring. So we're, I think he does make the roster. Hightower is a guy that I'm not sure even sticks around. He was drafted the round before Quez Watkins, um, and he was one of the better deep threats on the team. I'm pretty sure he had two consecutive games with the 50-yard catch last year. And now you're looking at Hightower and trying to figure out what do you do with them. So it's interesting to see how many receivers they're going to keep number one and who those guys are going to be because, like we've mentioned, Quez, Rager, and uh, and Devontae Smith are going to be your uh, your guys that you look at. Uh, Jalen Rigger, real quick, to me, it seems like uh, he's finally getting to a good place mentally. Um, we know that he was dealing with the tragedy with his friend and everything, and now it seems like he's, he's you know, quote-unquote, he's getting in that mode. We've heard that enough times this week. Um, so, so what are your kind of expectations for Jalen Rigger? Do you think he's going to have a breakout season? I know it's only his second year, but in some people's eyes, it's make or break for Jalen Rager. So do you have, do you just want to see him improve or what are your expectations for Rager in his second season? I think it's too early to call it a make or break. Me too. But some people are like, man. Yeah. Yeah. I want people who are ready to give up on him last year. And I thought that was obviously foolish. I mean, he's a kid. He's a guy last year who he over, he had some injuries he had to deal with Mm -hmm. and, and the same issues that other players had, he had to deal with too, with a decimated offensive line, a quarterback who was having a terrible year, Mm -hmm. an offensive coach uh, who didn't, I just don't think the Eagles put Dylan Rieger in position to maximize his talent and his skills and his abilities. And, And I think Nick Sirianni's got enough creativity to where he can find ways to get him the ball early. And and even if you just hand it off to him, get him the ball early, get him in the flow of the game. He's got talent. He's got speed. 
Uh, he's got to be coached up. He's got to be able to develop. So uh, I think it'll be a, a, a big year for him for sure that he's got to take another step forward. But I'm not at the point where I'd be like, all right, he's got to be a Pro Bowl player or bust, all pro player or bust. You know, just because we'll always compare him to Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm, sadly. And, you know, five years down the line, uh, he, he might be a better player. I don't know that right now. The certainly the first year, Justin Jefferson had a tremendous, tremendous season, and there's no reason to think that he'll fall off of that. But uh, I, I'm excited to see what Jalen Rieger can do in this offense. I, I like the fact that you got a coach who was a wide receiver, was a wide receivers coach. Um, you know, you get a lot of quarterback gurus who become head coaches. Well, now they got a wide receivers guru who's become a head coach, and they've had issues at this position. They haven't had a thousand. They haven't had a thousand yard receiver since Jeremy Macklin, man. Yep. In 2014, Macklin, that was some right? time ago. Some time yeah, ago. <laughs> and, Chip, and Chip Kelly's offense. So it's about time somebody steps up. I would predict that at some point. Jalen Rieger and Devontae Smith, they might not be both 1,000-yard, but how about two 750s? I'll take that right now. Two guys that are 750. They won a Super Bowl with two guys, and they didn't have a 1,000-yard receiver, I don't think. Yeah, so, yeah, Alshon was leading, I think, yeah, 800 and some change. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, I like what I'm seeing from Rigger. And Camp, obviously, he's having the uh, the spectacular catches that we're seeing from him. But it seems like he's finally, you know, getting out of that funk he was in and he's getting into into that football mind. And that's always good to see from a guy who's still – You alluded to – yeah, and you alluded to the mental stuff. Exactly, right? yeah. And, and I don't think it – that wasn't just this year. Like, last year he had really? – there's a lot of things that he was – there's a lot of things he was dealing with. I, I remember, um, you know, the My Cause, My Cleats campaign mm-hmm. where, the, where NFL players choose um, some cause to wear on their cleats. It could be a foundation. It could be whatever it is. So I sat down and did a one-on-one with him, and it, I forget the exact foundation or the charity the money was going to, but he wanted to um, highlight mental health awareness. Mm. And just in the conversation that I had with him, it was like a 15-minute one-on-one, and I didn't play the full thing on all of my platforms because there was a lot of things that he said in there that I thought, let's just leave it personal one-on-one. But I could sense that he was a kid who there was a lot of expectations, a lot of pressure on him, and he wasn't living up to it, and it bothered him. And it contributed to some issues that he was having which i think are understandable uh for somebody his age in his position with all of that pressure on him so i think that's really a a significant thing is that he's as you said earlier victor he's in a better place and i'm seeing that and i could tell that last year he was not in a good place and I don't know that a lot of people really noticed that or picked up on it. And I only did because of that conversation. And it was about the My Cause, My Cleats campaign. Yeah, he definitely did a good job of, of masking that because it just, you know, it didn't register to a lot of us. And like we like we mentioned, Doug Peterson and that broken offense didn't do him any favors either. So hopefully, <laughs> like you said, uh, Nick Sirianni and this new coaching staff, I like what Sirianni is saying about receivers. Nobody is limited to one position on the field. If you're not interchangeable, you're not going to be a, a very effective in this offense. You need to be able to play every position, whether it be slot, outside, or whatever. And uh, Sirianni's on the record a number of times 
saying that Rager isn't going to be just limited to the outside. So I'm looking forward to them scheming him open rather than relying on Rager's uh, skills to get open, which he does have. But if they can scheme him open, I'm sure he'll be able to do a lot of things uh, with the football in his hands. So certainly looking forward to that. So on the whole, <laughs> uh, on the roster in general, um, you know, on both sides of the ball, who are some people, some players on the roster, rather, that you think have a chance to make this roster and really need this last preseason game to solidify their side? Some fringe roster spot guys, uh, if you will, on either side of the ball, whether it be offense, defense, special teams, who are some guys you have your eye on and hopeful that they Patrick make the Johnson. roster? Yeah, Patrick mm. Johnson, to me, is, is a name who I think he uh, can make this team, and some injuries have opened up opportunities for him. To step in there, like Osman to his favorite. Yeah, uh, Osman goes down. Ryan Kerrigan isn't going to get cut, but he's injured. He was injured, and mm-hmm. and that allowed him to get some more opportunities. But what that does too is he could be. It could come down to Patrick Johnson or Jannard Avery, and you know we we look at some of the bad moves that Howie has made over the years in the draft. Very much so. When you look when you look <laughs> at trading a fourth round pick. Jannard Avery, think about that. That was a fourth-round pick that they traded midseason for a guy who's done nothing since he's come here. And, and that, to me, is one of those, like, you can't even get a fourth-round pick for Zach Ertz. That's how much teams value that draft slot. And you, you, couldn't, even, you couldn't even trade Deshaun Jackson several years ago at the height of his career, had a flat-out release them, they couldn't get a draft pick for him. Now, contract was an issue at that point, too. And then the Eagles step up and give a fourth-round pick to, for Jannard Avery, and, and he's a guy who's fighting for a roster spot at this point. He's fighting for his NFL career because I, I think if he don't hang on here with the Eagles, I don't know, who who's going to want to give him mm-hmm. a shot a few years after removed from being a fourth-round pick? But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see – what Patrick Johnson can do because I, I think he's got some talent. He's had some opportunity. He's taken advantage of that opportunity. Uh, and and that, that's what tomorrow is for. That's what that third preseason game is for, is for those, like you said, fringe roster spots, the practice squad. This is where you make the practice squad. We're not going to see no starting guys out there. I doubt that we'll see them, not even one series, but this is where you're going to see guys make the practice squad. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought up that uh, the starters because that was kind of where I wanted to go next as far as should the uh, Eagles be playing their starters in this last preseason game. Obviously, we have one less. Sirianni has played them sparingly. We obviously didn't see Hurts in the last game with that, with the stomach infection he had. And we only saw him for, I believe, two series in the first game. We saw Devontae for four series. They wanted to get his feet wet. Um, so now the question has become, should the Eagles play their starters? Because Hertz obviously needs all the reps he can get. And now we're having, uh, we're starting the, the reports are starting to, to eat their way out saying that Howie and Larry are now getting involved, uh, with Sirianni and telling him not to play the starters. And people are starting to now wonder, would Nick Sirianni play them more if it was up to him? And, you know, now it's becoming, uh, uh, you know, who, who said what kind of situation. So in your opinion, in your opinion, should the Eagles be playing their starters? I know we, we won't see them that much. Should they be playing their starters? Uh, would you like to see some of these young guys get more reps? And do you think Howie and Larry are in Sirianni's ear about how much the starters should be getting playing time in preseason? I 
will say this in defense of Howie and Jeffrey Lurie, and far be it for me to be the guy who's defending Jeffrey and Howie. <laughs> I had to make sure I but, heard you right real quick. Yeah, <laughs> but if it's, if it's in regards to playing time in the preseason, when he, you're, you're the GM and you're the owner and you're paying those guys a gazillion dollars to be healthy in a regular season, if they don't want them out there, I think it means something. I think it does matter. It's not a situation where they're going over uh, their boundaries and saying, don't play these guys. Now, me personally, I'm okay with them not because because of the two joint practices. Because I think in those Mm -hmm. two joint practices and in those four four opportunities they had against the Patriots and the Jets, that's where you go out there and, and you really get to get a real good feel for what Jalen Hurts and the rest of the starters can do because they're going hard and they're going at another team and they'll get more uh, of what the offense is going to look like and what on a defensive side the defense is going to look like it in those joint practices than we'll ever see in the preseason games because those games are on they're on NFL Network. They're on film. Mm-hmm. People can see them. They got access to them. The joint practices are not going to be shared. They're not allowed to be shared with other teams. They're not allowed to be filmed that way. So you'll see highlight plays. Uh, if you're a fan who's down there and you're taking some video and you're posting that, that's how it gets disseminated. But it's not like a preseason game. So coaches feel more comfortable to show a little bit more of their offense and their defense and what they want to really do. So I think that's the real gauge. And I think going forward, as I talk to other people around the league, this is a trend that's only going to keep continuing. And it might go from two sets of joint practices next this year to three sets next year. And eventually it may go to two preseason games and, and you have even more joint practices because then you'll have more space uh, in between the final preseason game and the regular season. And there's so much value and importance in those joint practices that I don't care to see anyone go out. Like Tom Brady went out for a series, got sacked. Mm. Uh, Mahomes and, played and, a whole half, I think. Yeah. But see, in Patrick Mahomes' case, though, it's I think it's a little different because he's got five new starters on the offensive yeah, line. That's a good point. When you have five new starters on the offensive line, you need to build a little bit of chemistry. With <laughs> they need to know guys. who you are. <laughs> right? uh, and, and we saw how ordinary Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes looked like Carson Wentz in the Super Bowl. Yeah, trust me. He was, was under pressure the whole time. Rough. Right? It was rough to watch. Yeah. So, yeah, it, you, any quarterback looks ordinary when they're constantly under pressure. So I'm okay with them not playing the starters. I want to see what these practice squad guys who can make the team uh, tomorrow night, and, and if in fact Howie and Jeffrey Lurie are in Nick Sirianni's ear, this is an instance where I think that's fine. Uh, I think they can dictate a little bit here. I will say this though: I think Victor, there's like a little old school, new school divide. I think some of the older coaches, some of the older school guys, will play their starters more mm-hmm. like Andy Reid. You just mentioned Patrick Mahomes. Um, I know Bill Belichick has said that you can't go into any given game fearful of injury, whether it's preseason, regular season, or whatever it is. And his philosophy is if I need to see the guy get reps, I need to see the guy get reps. You can't coach fearful of injury. I get that. I understand that. But at the same time, like I've been in Philly my whole life, and and we've seen bad things happen uh, all the time. And the last thing anybody wants to see is Jalen Hurts take oh, a blow. Or That's the very last thing. Shot, too. Right? Like, I, I, I won't I be able to handle Jalen, it. God. <laughs> I want to see him start 17 games this year. I, that's what I want to see. 
So I don't care about a couple series against the Jets. Yeah, that's interesting you brought up the old school and new school thing because uh, I think of a guy like Sean McVay who hasn't even played his reserves, I don't think, much less the starters. So he's kind of new school. He believes in the sports science. Uh, so that's a guy, yeah. you know, the, these new guys uh, believe in that stuff. So that's, so that's a good point. Um, another good point you mentioned is that I do, you know, I have heard rather that the coaches do value these joint practices a lot more than the actual preseason games because number one, that's the most you can you you can be in the red zone more. You can't cater certain situations in in preseason games that you can in in camp and in practices. So that's why they put more value into those. So that's a, that's a good point that you that you brought up as well. Uh, so speaking of the preseason games, if you didn't catch the last one, I know I didn't, but I caught up on it, and it wasn't a pretty one. <laughs> so obviously the the starters didn't play a whole lot, um, but these these backups, though, you know, they don't give you a ton to be encouraged and excited about. So now my question to you, Rob, becomes: Do are we concerned about the depth on this team? Now on paper, the 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 twenty two starters they look good. It's it's hard to kind of find a weakness there. The eleven on offense and the eleven on defense, but Grant. Granted, we know the way injuries happen in, in Philadelphia. Granted, they need to dig in the well and use some of these guys. How concerned are you with the depth of the team, with the way they've, uh, with the way they have um, uh, played in preseason, and with the performances they've put out? Should we be concerned about the depth? Can, are we going to cross our fingers and hope that all the starters stay healthy, which we should anyway? But if one guy goes down, is it all over for, for the Eagles? <laughs> it depends on who that guy is. I mean, and, if it's Jalen, <laughs> right? Jalen, Jalen hasn't even proven that he can do anything in this league yet. You know, he's shown flashes. He's shown signs. Uh, I'm willing to bet on Jalen, but I, I don't know what he's going to be this year. Uh, and I think that's going to be important. It's, it's critical that they find out what he's going to be this year. But as far as the depth goes, I didn't need to see them struggle and get blown out by the Patriots to know this team's not deep. Oh, wow. They're, just, they're, they're not a deep team. They were 4-11-1 last year for a reason. Because when they're injured, when their star players or their healthy starters uh, or they're, were, un, were unhealthy, were injured, were out, guys who stepped in couldn't get the job done. So they are better in certain areas. I think they got depth on the offensive line. When, when, when there's potential, and I don't think Jordan Maylotta is not going to be the starting left tackle, but if he isn't, and if he is the sixth man, I mean, that, that's a pretty solid sixth man. Then you still got Landon Dickerson, Jack Driscoll. Uh, so, uh, you, Nate Herbie, there's a lot of guys on the offensive line that teams might be calling about because the Eagles have depth up front. That's a position where uh, I certainly believe they have depth. Then you look around, the, we, we're talking about competition at the wide receiver spot. There's some depth there. They don't have a superstar or a stud as a number one yet, but they do have some depth at wide receiver. But overall, I don't think this team's got a lot of depth, and and yeah, it would be a problem if they start losing guys that keep his head. Like if Miles Sanders goes down, if Jalen goes down, if Devontae goes down, or if what happens last year, three fifths or four fifths or the entire offense, everybody but Jason Kelsey, <laughs> literally the whole offensive, offensive line, right? They all went down, and they, and we saw how that the result of that, the result of that was a quarterback who couldn't do anything, and the receivers couldn't get open, and. All of it just snowballed into a miserable, miserable year, and Doug's gone and Carson's gone. But uh, that started up front with those injuries to the offensive line and the inability to step guy, put plug guys in. And, and I think they're better equipped to handle that aspect of it. But overall, uh, that 35 nothing to me wasn't 
it, it didn't determine how bad the depth is on this team. I mm-hmm. already knew it was pretty bad, <laughs> but I don't want to. I don't want to take too much out of that because you know, by all accounts, the Eagles did better than the Patriots. They the Eagles are the masters now, right? Four and zero in joint practice. Four and zero. Hang, hang up the yeah, banner. Yeah. Hang, raise the banner. Four and zero. Give them a trophy, man. Give, give them some kind of trophy. Joint practice champs, and 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 let's get the regular season started. Were you a uh, Were you a Nick Mullins guy before you saw the way he played in preseason? <laughs> Because I was for a second, I was like, "Man, maybe he can, he could be QB too." Flacco's not looking too great, and then we saw. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't care what Joe Flacco does in the. Yeah, neither do I. Trust he, me. Right? He's a he's a veteran. He's a veteran. Uh, he he's established enough in this league that uh, I'm confident in him as a backup. But I, I didn't think Nick Mullins is is he's not as bad as he's looked, but he does have a tendency to. To throw the ball to the other team quite a bit. We saw that last year with Alex Singleton, right? And, and yeah, now, yeah. Now, now against the Jets, it could get real ugly because both teams are wearing green. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope he's not colorblind out there. So, <laughs> uh, real quick on the defensive side. So, obviously, the the teams have the reason why they've been able to dominate so much in these joint practices is a lot because of the defense. They were given Cam Newton issues. Now they're giving Zach Wilson issues. This defensive line looks like it has the potential to be top three, top five. Uh, in this rotation hargrave looks good sweat looks like a, an animal out there graham still looks like he can perform and uh cox looks like he can produce as well uh how how excited are you for this defensive line when you factor in taron jackson and uh uh the other guys escaping me the uh the rookie milton. uh milton williams milton how williams. can i forget his name yeah. how can i forget his name but this fist rotation ball, right? this location yeah. is going to be so time i hear his name i just want to fist bump Tom <laughs> So every so so now when you hear this rotation and you see the things Milton can do as a rookie, he's drawing double teams already. Is this defensive line? Are we going to live or die by the defensive line? I think if we're a good team this year, it's going to start with that DL rotation. Right, that's going to be their strength defensively. If that defensive line can control the line of scrimmage, can put pressure on quarterbacks, it's going to make everything better for the backs. Uh, you know, back seven. Uh, the secondary that is still mm-hmm. iffy, the linebacker situation that's iffy. But Josh Sweat is, for as much as we've heard about Quez Watkins on the offensive side being like a superstar in training camp, a standout in training camp, everybody's raving about Josh Sweat on the defensive side of the ball. And, and you, I don't did you even mention Derek Barnett's name? Not yet, did no. You, no. Or you didn't even mention <laughs> Derek, right? He's, still He's been having one too. Here. He's making ten million dollars this year. Will he be here after cut down day? Will they find a way to move him? Huh? That's a possibility. Uh, I would I wouldn't put that out of uh, Howie's reach to to look to to move Derek Barnett maybe to Joe Douglas in the New York Jets. That's always a possibility. But uh, I like what Josh Sweat has been doing. I, I thought that he's been very productive in the limited amount of snaps that he's gotten in the past years, and they've increased. They obviously increased last year. And Ryan Kerrigan, we didn't get to see much of because of the injury, but he was also a guy who was very productive in limited time last year in Washington where they have a, a tremendous front four full of, of first-round picks. So, I, and, and Brandon Graham, to me, is a guy who's just such a high-energy, high-motor, and still bringing it. Uh, I, he's, I don't care that he's on the other side of 30. He's still got something left in the tank. And, and Brandon's a guy who's so, he's just so good in a locker room. He, he's so good in that huddle. Uh, on that talking trash on that uh, on the defense 
uh, defensive side of the ball with the offensive line, and that I, I do think, and, and let's not forget Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave in the middle, they got not only potential to be um, the best part of the Eagles' defense, which they clearly are, but I think this could be a top five, top seven defensive line, if not even better. If they can be healthy and guys maximize uh, what they can do, I think they could be a top five, top seven, or better defensive front in the NFL. Yeah, they're definitely going to. They, they've been impressive in training camp, and uh, even the even the uh, the other beat writers, like the Jets and the Patriots writers, were, were saying that also. So very excited to see what they're going to be able to do. Uh, so, so one last thing before we get out of here, flipping to the other side of the trenches real quick. I put out a poll on on twitter yesterday asking asking the masses <laughs> the masses i say um about jordan my because we all know he's an unrestricted free agent after this season so now the question becomes do you pay him now do you extend him now with the hope that he can be your anchor left tackle hoping that he's going to perform and be that guy for the next few years or knowing his back injuries and he hasn't really proven anything yet you know he's a big guy and back issues aren't aren't that great uh, he they, they seem to be okay for now um, but you you take those into effect do you extend him now and potentially pay him less or do you wait and see how he performs this season and then potentially pay him big left tackle money if he does have a monster year this season in the off season which kind of way would you would you lean there the people say extend him now but but you know you know how that goes <laughs> yeah I, I i like they extended carson a little early didn't they how that uh, yeah. yeah that's one good example yeah. <laughs> that, that's a, that should be enough of an example for anybody who wants <laughs> it should to be the one sample jordan, size <laughs> right if, if you want to give jordan may a lot of look at what happened now i'm not giving him anything let him earn it this year mm. i'm not giving him no big contract yet even let if he goes out, out and it's just nuts this year and then you got to pay him yeah, 80 million dollars <laughs> let, let him go out there and prove that he earned that he deserves that money and then i'll feel a whole lot more comfortable about giving him that guaranteed money and giving him that contract but right now uh i'm i'm certainly not gonna i'm certainly not gonna do that right yeah so a good a good scenario somebody mentioned to me under that poll was that even if you pay him now and he becomes a stud later on, he could just hold out for more money anyway and get that contract regardless. So you might as well just see what you have in him and then and then deal with it at that time. So that was a good point. Uh, but my lot of Shirley is looking the part. Uh, Dillard's already, you know, he was hurt, but he's come back and now he's playing exclusively with the second team. So that that competition, for whatever competition it was, is was, was over early. And the injury kind of solidified that. And now he's back with the second team. So we'll see. Sirianni does say, that it's still open competition, so it might be about as open as the Flacco Hurts one is. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Now, uh, Rob, I was watching you not too long ago on the Birds Three Six Five show you were doing with Jeff Kerr and those guys, good friends over there. Um, and, and something made me laugh. So I did have a question for you, real quick. Um, so CBS came out with these rankings, and I know you're a big rankings guy. I know you love. <laughs> No, you love ranking. <laughs> so they oh, came yeah. out. So, so CBS came out with their rankings. They ranked their top 10 young offensive cores in the NFL. And they had the Eagles as top three right behind, I want to say it was San Francisco and Denver. Uh, I don't know if Drew Locke is making CBS like go nuts over there or, what's, or, what, or what have you. San Francisco kind of makes sense with, uh, with Trey Lance and Debo and Brandon Ayuk and all those guys. So based on... You know what? What we know, if there's a lot of unknowns, but based on that information, how where would you kind of slide the Eagles as far as young offensive potential goes? 
Dong offensive. Don't rip up the rankings on camera like you did for them. So (laughs) (laughs) I wish I wish I had it, man. I wish I had something laying around. I don't even know it was like an envelope or something I ripped that time. Uh, Where would I rank the Eagles' young uh, the young offensive core? Yes. Oh gosh, man! They had them third. They had them third behind Denver and San Francisco. What 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 constitutes young though? I want to assume it's like 26 and under talent because they factored in Dallas Goddard and he's 26. So I want to say as far as 26 and under, who is set up for the most success in the future offensively was what CBS was basing it off of. Hmm. And that, that, that to me is difficult because I got to then look at, I got to look at ages. So you got to look at guys across the league and, and I, I will say this: I don't know where they rank or where they should so rank. This is, so this is the, uh, the, this is this was their qualifications, real quick. It was a starting QB entering no later than his fifth NFL season, receivers oh, okay. and tight ends entering no later than their fourth season, and running backs entering no later than their third season. Was the qualification CBS was using? And that allows Miles Sanders to be in there, Devontae mm-hmm. to be in there. Goddard it is catered to the Eagles, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> yeah, like, like you, you, you can. That, I, I, I love that. In that case, the Eagles are a top. Three, yeah, how about right? if, if you eliminate some of the others, if you have a quarterback who can enter this year and that year, or based on quarterbacks who. I'll tell you what, the Eagles have the most potential based on quarterbacks who've only started four games. Yeah, I'll tell you that. Yeah, he's done a lot in those in those four games. <laughs> so just to read off the I have to part. I would look, I would want to look at Buffalo, right? Because Josh Allen's not you know, Josh Allen yeah. was in that criteria quarterback. Yep. Um some of the like like some of their receivers that where's Diggs at right now? Diggs. Buffalo. Which Yeah, but Stephane, how many Oh how what yeah, how old is he? That, what, he's yeah, over twenty six. Oh, so I don't, don't know. Fit, he, <laughs> right? He might not fit into there. Buffalo so is number six on the list. It. Number six on the they list. They are number six. So then, so I'll, I'll read off the list. Cincinnati was 10. So they have Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Makes sense. Uh, Arizona was nine. Kyler Jamar Murray. Jamar Chase, who hasn't caught a pass yet or keeps dropping. Yeah. Passes, yeah he has some other legal issues. I, I don't, yeah, and I don't care. It's going on. We'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, Kyler Murray, uh, Rondale Moore, Andy Isabella, who hasn't been that great, and Eno Benjamin. So that's Arizona. Eight, Kansas City. Obviously, Mahomes, McCole Hardman's up there. Edward Teller. Uh Seven is Miami. Now, I'm not a big Tua guy, but I guess you can include him. Miles Gaskin, Jalen Waddle, Mike Chesesky. Mike and then Buffalo, like you mentioned, they have Gabriel Davis, uh, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, Josh Allen. And then you get into Jacksonville, obviously Trevor Lawrence, who who you got to speak to, right? Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, uh, but they and they just lost Travis. Yeah, Etienne they just lost him. Lavisca Chenault is still man, there. That's a tough loss. Yeah, yeah. but maybe open things up for James Robinson because I was I Etienne was kind of a shocker pick for me because James Robinson I think they had were a thousand yards all yeah. over. Yeah, but he yeah, was lining up a wide receiver and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have Baltimore, obviously J.K. Dobbins, Lamar, Hollywood Brown. They just drafted Rashad Bateman. Then the Eagles, then then San Francisco, <laughs> and then you have Denver. I don't know why Denver is up top of this list when the first quarterback is Drew Locke. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> okay. That doesn't make sense. You're the NFL guy, man. Sense. You cover the NFL now. You tell me. And, yeah, but, but Drew Locke, come on. <laughs> yeah. Drew Locke, he's not even a starting yeah, quarterback. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater was Teddy named Bridge- the starter. Deservedly so. He's a better quarterback. He's a better quarterback. Oh, man. I think Drew Locke. Dude, I forget about a fantasy draft. I'm getting like blown up here on on, on t- Oh, your fantasy oh, guy. Huh? You, 
<laughs> Not really. I do. I've been in one league forever, and I forgot all about it. Tonight's the draft. Oh, wow. Geez. Someone. Someone told who me. Actually, taking, who am I taking, Victor? I got the sixth pick in the draft. Sixth pick in the draft. I think I took Stephon Diggs because Christian McCaffrey was gone, and I think. And I Still think, yeah, <laughs> like who he said, whoever's it, put on auto draft, you'll be right. <laughs> put it, put it on auto draft. That reminds me, there was a there was a question on Twitter um, a couple of days ago, and they were like, if you could pick one NFL player um, that that had an injury free season, who would you pick? And me being the Eagles guy, of course, I picked Randall. Now I wasn't alive. Oh, yeah. Now I wasn't alive for for the nineteen ninety one season where he got hurt. And, you know, apparently they were going to win it all that year because the, the defense was crazy. Um, and apparently a lot of people were shocked that I wasn't born at 1991. I don't know if I come off older than, than perceived. <laughs> uh, but a lot of people were like, dang, like I thought you were around for that. But if there was that one player, um, w- would it be Randall? I got a lot oh, of Bo yeah, Jackson. Bo Jackson, was he up there? Yeah, well, he's got to be up there because of that. But from from a Philly perspective, Randall Cunningham for sure. They had the best defense. Was that ninety one season year. special? Was it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Jim McMahon went nine and three as a starting quarterback. <laughs> uh, and, and and then it, they they couldn't like I could tell you game by game. There was a game where rookie Brad Gable, uh, Rich Kotite had him hand off forty times to Heath Sherman for eighty seven yards, and the punter Jeff Fegels, I think it was. Uh, missed a snap that allowed Vinny Testaverde and the Buccaneers mm. to beat him, and that ended up costing them a playoff spot. But, that, yeah, Randall that year, they would have been poised to man. They would have went wrong. Yeah, a lot of people said that well, Washington, they weren't getting past Washington. I don't know what kind of juggernaut Washington was in the 90s, but but apparently, oh, we lost uh, Yeah. Lost your camera there yeah. for a second, man. <laughs> I who? Lost your camera for a second. You like green discord? There you oh, go. You're yeah. back. You're back. <laughs> so yeah. So that was the that was the whole uh, uh, thing with that. So I remember it had had reading that. But I think we about covered anything. Anything else you want to get out prior to this last preseason game? Any other any other ups no, or guys up or downs? I'm 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 now now I'm in fantasy mode and I don't even know what I'm gonna do in the next fifteen. <laughs> Devontae Smith, man, just pick Devontae, thousand yard receiver. <laughs> I'm, I'm you know what I'm gonna go all Eagles. I'm just gonna have the Eagles on my team. Yeah, That's I don't know if you'll win that one. Huh? <laughs> 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 and those miles starts catching balls, but we'll have to see that. But appreciate everybody for tuning in, and listening to the show. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at the Philly Pod. Uh, be sure to follow me as well on Instagram. Follow the Liberty Line at Liberty Line PHL. Subscribe to the show on all platforms iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, YouTube, everywhere else you get your shows. Be sure to follow Rob on everything he's doing. Rob, let the people know where they can find you, what you've got going on, any upcoming projects we should know about. Uh, nah, not right now, except this stupid draft. <laughs> but at <laughs> Rob Motti on Twitter, follow me anywhere at Rob Motti on Twitter, and I'll, I'll let you know what I'm doing. Uh, keep up with me that way. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. We'll be sure to do that. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.